Blog Talk Radio. We all have inner work to do. Real life, real faith is an opportunity to connect with Cheryl and her guests as they take you on a journey to help you become your authentic self. Whether you need help goal setting, developing coping skills, or connecting with a power greater than yourself, Cheryl is here to walk with you on your path to personal transformation. Get inspired as Cheryl lets you become an active participant or just sit back and glean from the messages delivered. It's Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. When Trump spews insulting and demeaning words about our fellow Americans, I think of that poem by Maya Angelou. Y'all know it. You know how it begins. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still, like dust, I rise. Well, y'all know it. Y'all know it. This, this, this captures our American history. 240 years ago, an English king said he would crush our rebellion. But Americans from around our nation joined the fight. From Bunker Hill to the Battle of Trenton, they stood. And so many fell, giving their lives in support of our daring declaration that America, we will rise. This is our history. This is our history. Escaped slaves, knowing that liberty is not secure for some until it's secure for all. Sometimes hungry, often hunted, in dark woods and deep swamps, they looked up to the North Star and said with a determined whisper, America, we will rise. Immigrants, immigrants, risking their lives in times of sweatshops and child labor. They organized labor unions and devoted themselves to lifting the tired, the poor, and the huddled masses. With fierces of grit, they shouted so all could hear, America, we will rise. King pointed to the mountaintop. Kennedy pointed to the moon from Seneca Falls to those who stood at Stonewall Inn, giants before us, said in a chorus of conviction, America, we will rise. That was Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey at last night's Democratic National Convention. And um, this is Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl A.C. Donovan. <clears throat> and we're glad that you are joining us here this evening. One of the reasons that I wanted to play Senator Booker's uh, that excerpt from his particular speech is because one of the things that I have learned over the last couple of years and definitely over the last few weeks and months is that we have to stop looking outside of our communities for the change that we wish to see. We need to begin looking inward. We need to begin looking at ourselves. We need to be looking at the resources that we already have within our communities to create the kind of lifestyles and the kinds of lives that we deserve and desire. And that's one of the things that really struck me about Senator Booker's message on yesterday when he kept saying that we rise, we still rise. And as a people, that is something that has been a part of our legacy, a part of our history. And I have no doubt in my mind that as we move forward, 
that it will continue to be so. Um, tonight, even as the Democratic National Convention is still ongoing and they have chosen Hillary Clinton as their nominee, and the Republican Party has chosen Donald Trump as their nominee, it is uh, almost palpable the differences between the two uh, campaigns. You know, when you look at the Republican National Convention on last week, it was many people said that it felt, including including Republicans that are conservatives, people that have been part of the Republican Party for their entire lives said that there was a palpable difference in that particular convention compared to years prior to. So um, this is a defining moment. This is a crossroads that we have found ourselves in. And tonight I hope to speak with George Frazier, who is someone who is very adept at networking and community building, particularly as it is uh, concerned with the African-American community. Hopefully, George will have an opportunity to join us later on this evening as we have listened to what Senator Booker had to say. Uh, Dr. George Frazier is chairman and CEO of FraserNet Incorporated, a company that he founded some 25 years ago with a vision to lead a global networking movement that brings together diverse human resources to increase opportunities for people of African descent. And we're hoping that he'll be able to join us here tonight on Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl A.C. Donovan. If you want to find out more about George, you can visit www.frasernet, that's F-R-A-S-E-R-N-E-T.com, frasernet.com, to, to have a look at the things that George is doing with our community with regards to networking and bringing people together in order to create the kinds of communities that we are so desperately in need of in the African-American community. I've said it often that I think that we are looking for other people to come in and save us when, in fact, the people that are able to save us is ourselves. So hopefully when we come back from this next break, we will be able to be joined by uh, Dr. George Fraser from FraserNet. Um, he also has an extraordinary conference that he, that he does yearly called Power Networking Conference. I believe it's normally held in Dallas, Texas. It was recently held, I believe, last month or the month before, and it's something that you really want to uh, take a look at, look at and learn more about as we move forward in this endeavor to um, uplift and our communities and rise again. So we'll be back in just a moment on Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. This is the news. This morning, we are saluting the 2.2 million women who have joined in the war effort. They now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. The prestigious Harvard Medical School is breaking ground today opening its doors to new female applicants. Today, little girls all over the world look to the sky, where the first woman is now in space. Military stereotypes are challenged today with the trailblazing promotion of a U.S. female officer to four-star general. It was just announced that the vast majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women.
You don't usually get a stock tip from a 16-year-old, but I'm here to tell you about a different kind of stock. It's called Better Futures, a stock for social change that's not about making money. Instead, you invest to help students like me go to college. This is beyond a simple donation. It's the opportunity for America to invest in its kids and take an active stake in the future of the country. The return on your investment isn't money. What you get back is knowing you protected our potential. So one day, that potential can grow up to become surgeons and architects, executives and engineers, people who can change the future just by being a part of it. My name is Alicia, and I am your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to help me on this one, Jesus. I'm feeling kind of emotional. You know how tomorrow can come today. Today you promise. Yeah. I'm living, screaming, let it rain Mother shame in my last days Put me in the box and let me burn like ashtrays It doesn't matter, I'll be resting in my last place It really shouldn't matter, but it does What will they say? Does my legacy provoke a wave of therapy? Or was my living kind of cancerous? Like leprosy Can I be charged again like facing double jeopardy? I hope when they reflect upon my stakes it makes a better me Tell me, Lord, was I worthy enough to follow? Did I spark inspiration for tomorrow? Please forgive me for all of those I may have led astray I pray my better days Was an example to their ways You know it's hopeless Trying to please every man But then you nailed the seven hands Prepared every man Tell me that my reparations Will restore a generation Use me just like you used to raise Tell me what they say Or even what they think When I'm dead and gone Will they celebrate and mourn Or carry on Did they even know me And what I stood for Or judge me by my mishaps My soul Is that allowed? I know you didn't lift me up till I was standing tall Just to knock me down onto my knees like I'm not saved at all That's not your motive, your aim is just to play with folks Your goal is to strengthen the foundation and make even yokes So in my last breath, in my last steps I pray I'm reaching as far as I can Like some spandex, I pray you give me the grace To reach higher heights and spark revival in my exit party If I die tonight Tell me what they say or think when I'm dead and gone
Pluto. Changing the Narrative Awards that is scheduled for November the 5th here in Houston, Texas at the Sterling Banquet Hall. If you want to find out more about that particular award ceremony, you can visit our website at awards.realliferealfaithmedia.com. Again, that's awards.realliferealfaithmedia.com. We look forward to having you come out and join us for that particular event where we're going to be looking at some of the individuals and, and um, acknowledging those individuals that are being the change that they want to see, which is what we're talking about this evening on Real Life Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. We were hoping that we would be able to speak with George Fraser, who is the chairman and CEO of FraserNet, Inc., which is an organization that's all about community building and networking, particularly in the African-American community, but he has not joined us yet. So what I'm going to do is give you a little bit of information about his organization and what he does. FraserNet is a global leadership network committed to economic development through education, training, and empowerment for black people. Their focus is to train, educate, and equip black people with new skills, new thinking, and new approaches for personal, professional, and financial success in the 21st century. He has been um, a con- having a continuing relationship business model, including memberships, subscriptions, conferences, workshops, and long-term coaching agreements with his members. His vision is to lead a global networking movement that brings together diverse human resources to increase opportunities, wealth, wellness, and jobs for people of African descent. And the mission is to promote and showcase members and partners' products and services and help them achieve their professional objectives, as well as create a network a culture centered around giving first and adding value before focusing on ourselves. Go figure. Uh, An organization that looks at giving more so than receiving, being able to add value to others as opposed to having value added to you. Um, They also want to provide their members with unparalleled access to the people and resources that they need to succeed. They believe that there are five critical steps for protocols for networking effectively in the 21st century. 
Um, and I'm going to go ahead and give you some of those protocols because I think that they are um, invaluable as we're talking about rising the way that Senator Cory Booker did on last night at the DNC, um, as well as coming together as a community to make the changes that we're looking for. Um, the first protocol is to do your research first. Think about the person that you make contact with and list what you have to offer and present it first. In other words, finding ways that you can help that person first by research. Um, lead with a thank you and or a compliment. Thank them for their time. Thank them for taking the call. Thank them for their email. Thank them for their letter. Thank them for sharing, listening, referring, responding to an email or anything else. Lead with a thank you. The third protocol is make a proper introduction. Make a proper introduction, a 20-second sound bite. Um, discover those things that you, the two of you have in common. This is all about networking. Uh, build a rapport, add value first, and then help them with their wealth, health, or children. Be clear and concise on why you're making the contact and what you're seeking. Don't force people to guess your agenda or request something that cannot and or and they are not prepared to do. Um, give the relationship some time to go through so relationship building, community building, and then lastly, follow up with a thank you note. So those are the, some of the uh, network protocols that they have in place over there at FraserNet. They have some outstanding core values and guiding principles, one of which you know is going to be near and dear to our heart here at Real Life Real Faith, which is putting God first, fostering trust through honesty and integrity, give first, share always, Keep promises to ourselves and to one another. Treat everybody with respect. Exceed expectations. You know, that's, that's something that we really need to focus on in our community, exceeding expectations, not just living up to what people expect, but exceeding that. Um, using wealth as a force for good. Think hard. Work smart. Practice humility. And being humble, we talk about that all the time. Practice humility as a strength of character for all things. Live healthy and authentic lives. Lead by serving. Lead by serving. And honor your work as a spiritual practice and as your gift. So George Fraser has a lot of wonderful things going on over there um, at FraserNet. Again, you can visit his website, www.frasernet.com. That's F-R-A-S-E-R. Net, N-E-T dot com, um, and, and hopefully we'll be having an opportunity to have him come back here on Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan real soon so we can talk to him about community building and about networking. You can join his or have a membership with his organization for free by going over to FraserNet.com, and I think that it's a great idea for everybody, if you can, to get the opportunity to participate with him in his conference that he holds on an annual basis. So I think what we're going to do uh, from here and right now before we move forward is talk a little bit about the community forum that we held on last Thursday. Instead of coming to you on last Tuesday, we had a community forum where we talked to police officers as well as various community leaders about what we can do with the state of our community, and there were a lot of really, really good uh, things that came out of that, and I hope everybody will act upon 
some of the suggestions that were given. But just, just to give you an idea of what a few of those were, because I don't know if you were able to really hear it well here on Blog Talk Radio, but one of them was uh, to participate in jury duty. As a community, a lot of times we have a lot to say when there are people in the judicial system, in our jails and in our prisons that look like us, but when we get a jury summons, a lot of times the first thing that we try to do is to get out of it. We look for excuses. We look for ways not to have to go to jury duty. But the only way that you can be on juries and on grand juries that can indict police officers or indict other people who are have wronged the community or to be on those juries that may exonerate someone from our community who may have given been given the short end of the stick is to participate in jury duty. So that's something very minimal that you can do in the process to change the narrative, participating in jury duty. The other thing is, whether you have children in the educational system or not, participating as volunteers on these campuses, participating as mentors, and not just mentors that go and pick up these children on Saturday for a couple of hours and then drop them back off in the community or in their homes, but as a true mentor that's available when that kid needs you, even when they may get in trouble and perhaps the, the parents are not able, to, or if it's a single mom situation, the mom may not be able to go up to the school. And as a mentor, you fill in that particular place to help guide that child in a different direction. Something else we talked about also at the forum was participating in police community events when the police have these uh, neighborhood forums, when they have these opportunities for you to participate on uh, community advisory boards and things like that, being available to participate in those areas. I've gone to several meetings like this in my own community, and the people that were there were very, it was very scarce. There were only a couple of people there, and generally the agenda had nothing to do with some of the most issues that are facing our community. So being a leader in that regard and participating in those events, in those forums, in those neighborhood meetings, and on advisory boards whenever you can, being active and then being a leader that sets the agenda so that we can talk about some of these things that we find ourselves dealing with in our community. Those are just a few of the things that we can do to help change the narrative, change the narrative, you know, participating in the political process, being a precinct judge, being um, an election judge. I've done that before in the past. You know, those are the kinds of things. Participating in your local elections, the presidential election is big, but it is at the local level where a lot of the changes are made, the changes that affect you directly. Those things are done on your local level. So, you know, being an alderman, being a city council member, going before your city council and speaking, letting them know how you feel about the issues that are plaguing your community, letting them know that they don't have enough patrolmen in your area, letting them know that the people that are policing your community are not from the community or they don't live in the community. You have to participate in the process. If you're not participating and being the change that you want to see, then you really have no voice. You really have no reason to complain. You have no reason to speak out against the injustices that you feel are happening if you're not willing to be a part of the movement and make the sacrifices necessary, you know, not just of your money or financial resources, but those sacrifices of your time. 
And, and in a lot of instances, you know, that, that's something that many people are not willing to do. So just think about that as we move forward. And since we really don't have our guest here with us tonight, I was prepared for that eventuality. So um, what I want to do at this time is go into a break really quickly, um, go to some of our sponsors and hear those sponsorships. And then when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Michelle Obama's speech on last night. And then as we close it out, I want to allow you to listen to the things that she had to say. This is Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan, and we will be back in just a moment. This is the news. This morning, we are saluting the 2.2 million women who have joined in the war effort. They now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. The prestigious Harvard Medical School is breaking ground today opening its doors to new female applicants. Today, little girls all over the world look to the sky, where the first woman is now in space. Military stereotypes are challenged today with the trailblazing promotion of a U.S. female officer to four-star general. It was just announced that the vast majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. You don't usually get a stock tip from a 16-year-old, but I'm here to tell you about a different kind of stock. It's called Better Futures, a stock for social change that's not about making money. Instead, you invest to help students like me go to college. This is beyond a simple donation. It's the opportunity for America to invest in its kids and take an active stake in the future of the country. The return on your investment isn't money. What you get back is knowing you protected our potential. So one day, that potential can grow up to become surgeons and architects, executives and engineers, people who can change the future just by being a part of it. My name is Alicia, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Layla Ali. I might be undefeated in professional boxing, but there's one problem even I can't fight alone childhood hunger. Over 17 million kids in America may not know where their next meal is coming from. That's one in five children. Yet billions of pounds of surplus food produced right here in America just get thrown out every year. That's more than enough to feed every last hungry child. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to hungry kids before it goes to waste. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank by going to feedingamerica.org. Together, we can knock out hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. To help solve hunger in your community and to find your local food bank, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Real Life, Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan. Tonight we uh, are talking about 
rising like phoenixes from the ashes. We're talking about building our community. We're talking about networking. And even as I watch the DNC, the Democratic National Convention, and the mothers of the movement who are speaking at the convention even now, uh, mothers like Trayvon Martin's mother, Lucy Macbeth, who is Jordan Davis's mother, uh, Sandra Bland's mother, um, the difference between a moment and a movement is sacrifice. And these women have sacrificed a lot uh, in this in this particular movement. They've sacrificed their children. And I know that that is something that is difficult for any mother. And the thing that struck me about Michelle Obama's speech on last night was the references that she made to her children, even in the face of the ugly uh, rhetoric and the nasty comments and uh, that, that people have hurled at them. She said that the one thing that she and Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, were were most conscious of is that their reactions and the way that they dealt with those particular instances were were going to shape their girls. And it was so funny. She said that she looked at her two girls get into those black trucks with all those men with the big guns. The first thing she thought to herself was, what have we done? And I know that as a, as a parent, as a mother, many times we find ourselves in those situations where we are trying to uh, be the best role models that we possibly can be for our children and to be examples before them. And every now and then we may think, oh, my goodness, what have I done? Uh, because we're trying to push them and motivate them and inspire them to be greater and to do better and to be these uh, wonderful individuals in our world. And it, it, it was just amazing how she brought that back to the fact that even as we are getting ready to vote again come November, that whoever we vote for for the next four or eight years are going to be examples and role models and making decisions that could affect our children for years to come. Things like nominating or, or appointing someone to the Supreme Court, a life time appointment, and that is so crucial because it, it could literally change the way that uh, our nation is run or the way that our judicial system operates with regard to the various laws and things that may be mandated in the future. So um, as we get ready to close out this edition of Real Life Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan, I'm going to play Michelle Obama's full speech just in case you were unable to hear it on last night so that you can hear the passion in her voice and the love that she has not only for her children but for the nation's children as she has exhibited over the last eight years. I just want to remind you as we go that um, we will be having the Real Life Real Faith Changing the Narrative Awards. Uh, the Trayvon Martin Foundation is one of the organizations that is being recognized November the 5th here in Houston, Texas at the Sterling Banquet Hall. To find out more information to become a sponsor or to advertise in our program book, please feel free to visit our website, awards. Dot real life real faith media dot com. Again, that's awards at real life real faith media dot com. You can also con connect with us on Facebook at Real Life Real Faith with Cheryl Lacey Donovan, on Twitter at Real Faith Mag, that's Real Faith Mag as in magazine, on Instagram at Real Life Real Faith. Um, and you can visit our website, Real Life Real Faith Media dot com. Again, that's Real Life realfaithmedia.com. And as always, we want to remind you that God can do exceedingly and abundantly more 
than you could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. As we go out, you be blessed and listen to Michelle Obama's speech at the Democratic National Convention on last night. about why I thought my husband should be president. (laughs) Remember how I told you about his character and conviction, his decency and his grace, the traits that we've seen every day that he served our country in the White House. (laughs) I also told you about our daughters, how they are the heart of our hearts the center of our world, and during our time in the White House, we've had the joy of watching them grow from bubbly little girls into poised young women, a journey that started soon after we arrived in Washington, when they set off for their first day at their new school. I will never forget that winter morning as I watched our girls, just seven and ten years old, pile into those black SUVs with all those big men with guns. And I saw their little faces pressed up against the window. And the only thing I could think was, what have we done? (laughs) See, because at that moment, I realized that our time in the White House would form the foundation for who they would become. And how well we managed this experience could truly make or break them. That is what Barack and I think about every day as We try to guide and protect our girls through the challenges of this unusual life in the spotlight. How we urge them to ignore those who question their father's citizenship or faith. How we insist that the hateful language they hear from public figures on TV does not represent the true spirit of this country. How we explain that when someone is cruel or acts like a bully, you don't stoop to their level. No, our motto is, when they go low, we go high. (laughs) With, With every word we utter, with every action we take, we know our kids are watching us. We, as parents, are their most important role models. And let me tell you, Barack and I take that same approach to our jobs as President and First Lady because we know that our words and actions matter, not just to our girls, but the children across this country. Kids, kids who tell us, I saw you on TV, I wrote a report on you for school. <laughs> kids like the little black boy who looked up at my husband, his eyes wide with hope, and he wondered, is my hair like yours? And make no mistake about it, this November when we go to the polls, that is what we're deciding. 
not Democrat or Republican, not left or right, no, in this election and every election is about who will have the power to shape our children for the next four or eight years of their lives. And I, I am here tonight because in this election, there is only one person who I trust with that responsibility. Only one person who I believe is truly qualified to be President of the United States, and that is our friend Hillary Clinton. to lead this country because I've seen her lifelong devotion to our nation's children. Not just her own daughter, who she has raised to perfection, but, but every child who needs a champion. Kids who take the long way to school to avoid the gangs. Kids who wonder how they'll ever afford college. Kids whose parents don't speak a word of English but dream of a better life. Kids who look to us to determine who and what they can be. You see, Hillary has spent decades doing the relentless, thankless work to actually make a difference in their lives. Advocating for kids with disabilities as a young lawyer, fighting for children's health care as first lady, and for quality child care in the Senate. And when she didn't win the nomination eight years ago, she didn't get angry or disillusioned. She, Hillary did not, Hillary did not pack up and go home. Because as a true public servant, Hillary knows that this is so much bigger than her own desires and disappointments. So she proudly stepped up to serve our country once again as Secretary of State, traveling the globe to keep our kids safe. And look, there were plenty of moments when Hillary could have decided that this work was too hard that the price of public service was too high, that she was tired of being picked apart for how she looks or how she talks or even how she laughs. But here's the thing. What I admire most about Hillary is that she never buckles under pressure. She, she never takes the easy way out. And Hillary Clinton has never quit on anything in her life And when I think about the kind of president that I want for my girls and all our children, that's what I want. I want someone with the proven strength to persevere. Someone who knows this job and takes it seriously. Someone who understands that the issues a president faces are not black and white and cannot be boiled down to 140 characters. Look, because...
because when, when you have the nuclear codes at your fingertips and the military in your command, you can't make snap decisions. You, you can't have a thin skin or a tendency to lash out. You need to be steady and measured and well-informed. I want a president with a record of public service, someone whose life's work shows our children that we don't chase fame and fortune for ourselves. We fight to give everyone a chance to succeed. And, and we give back even when we're struggling ourselves because we know that there is always someone worse off. And there, but for the grace of God, go I. I want a president who will teach our children that everyone in this country matters. A president who truly believes in the vision that our founders put forth all those years ago, that we are all created equal, each a beloved part of the great American story. And when crisis hits, we don't turn against each other. No, we, we listen to each other. We lean on each other because we are always stronger together. And I am here tonight because I know that that is the kind of president that Hillary Clinton will be. And that's why in this election, I'm with her. about one thing and one thing only. It's about leaving something better for our kids. That's how we've always moved this country forward, by all of us coming together on behalf of our children. Folks who volunteer to coach that team, to teach that Sunday school class, because they know it takes a village. Heroes of every color and creed who wear the uniform and risk their lives to keep passing down those blessings of liberty. Police officers and the protesters in Dallas who all desperately want to keep our children safe. People who lined up in Orlando to donate blood because it could have been their son, their daughter in that club. Leaders like Tim Kaine. <laughs> who, show, who show our kids what decency and devotion look like. Leaders like Hillary Clinton, who has the guts and the grace to keep coming back and putting those cracks in that highest and hardest glass ceiling until she finally breaks through, lifting all of us along with her. That is the story of this country, the story that has brought me to this stage tonight, the story of generations of people who felt the lash of bondage, the shame of servitude, the sting of segregation, but who kept on striving and hoping and doing what needed to be done so that today I wake up every morning in a house 
that was built by slaves. My daughters, two beautiful, intelligent black young women playing with their dogs on the White House lawn. And, be and because of Hillary Clinton, my daughters and all our sons and daughters now take for granted that a woman can be President of the United States. So look, so don't let anyone ever tell you that this country isn't great, that somehow we need to make it great again. Because this right now is the greatest country on earth. And as my, my daughters prepare to set out into the world, I want a leader who is worthy of that truth. A leader who is worthy of my girl's promise and all our kids' promise. A leader who will be guided every day by the love and hope and impossibly big dreams that we all have for our children. So in this election, we cannot sit back and hope that everything works out for the best. We cannot afford to be tired or frustrated or cynical. No, hear me, between now and November, we need to do what we did eight years ago and four years ago. We need to get out every vote. We need to pour every last ounce of our passion and our strength and our love for this country into electing Hillary Clinton as President of the United States of America. So let's get to work. Thank you all, and God bless.